Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. Happy Easter. When I say that, lots of people don't really know what Easter is about, or why is it happy, or what difference it makes, or even why are we celebrating? Why is Good Friday any good? Why, what do we celebrate? You see, a lot of people at least have some idea about Christmas. Many don't only celebrate because of Santa or, you know, they're at least aware to some extent, believe it or not, of the nativity story and that Jesus came as a baby and that people said he was the son of God. But they don't, a lot of people don't get Easter. What's important about Easter beyond the bunnies and the daffodils and Easter eggs? What's really important? The Apostle Paul wrote to a group of people 2,000 years ago just a a couple of decades after it all happened, while many of those who were there when Jesus was crucified and many others were still around were saying, we met him alive again after he died. And Paul himself said that he was one of them. And he wanted these people in this church, like he wants us to know that what happened that first Easter is true. And because it's true, it's the most important thing that ever happened. Because when Jesus died and rose again, it proved everything that he ever said about himself and about God, and that he's really and truly the one who lives forever, so we can too. So as I read this, notice what's of greatest importance. Listen out for what it is. Why is Easter really important? Let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters, that the good news I preached to you, it's this good news that saves you, if you continue to believe the message I told you. I passed on to you what was of greatest importance, and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He was buried and raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scripture said. He was seen by Peter and then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he was seen by James, that's his brother, and later by all the apostles. Last of all, as though I'd been born at the wrong time, I also saw him, Paul says. But you know, the first person to see Jesus alive after the the grave was a woman who people would have thought was very unimportant, not just because of her gender at that time, but also because of her past. A woman called Mary of Magdala. The very first Easter morning, Mary, who was a friend of Jesus, well, more than that, her whole life had been completely transformed by meeting him and knowing him. She met him again, standing outside his own tomb. Like lots of people who follow Jesus, even today, she could split her story, I could do the same. In the same way that Jesus split history into BC and AD because of JC, she had a BC life at first. Some of us know about that. Maybe that's the life you're living now because maybe you know about Jesus, but you don't know him. You've not met him alive yet, but you can today. BC means before you meet Christ. And she was a complete mess, physically, emotionally, spiritually, an outcast thought by everybody to be an immoral woman, a bad woman. She was tormented. But then JC, she met Jesus and everything started to change. He set her free. I met him years ago when I was a young police officer. After I'd started reading the Bible for myself and checking out the proof and the evidence about his life and his death and his resurrection. So it's BC, JC, and then any life can change forever when you meet Jesus. So you get a new life. A.D., after Jesus. And after Jesus, Mary was healed, she was free, she had no guilt or shame from the past, and she became one of his followers, a disciple. 
He was just so amazing. When she saw the miracles he did, heard him teach these incredible truths, she wanted everybody else to experience what she'd experienced too. I know what that's like as well. That's why I'm talking to you now. Mary had begun to believe and hope. He was everything that he claimed to be, the Messiah, the one everyone been waiting for, the Son of God. She saw the miracles, heard the teaching, but then on Friday, the first, that most terrible Good Friday, all those hopes came crashing down as Jesus was betrayed, hung on a cross to die. And after hours of pain, the earth shook, the sky went dark, and they finally took him down and put his body in a tomb. And then the Romans put an official seal over the big boulder there that could not be broken on pain of punishment by execution. They stationed soldiers outside who were meant to guard the tomb over the weekend. All kinds of things that happen, we don't necessarily understand what it is that's happening, when it's happening or why it's happening. Why again is it that people would celebrate Easter? We don't always know exactly what's, what's being celebrated, etc. And the first Easter, nobody understood, nobody really knew what was going on apart from God, apart from Jesus. And it turns out one or two angels also uh, were able to help people to be able to figure it out. In John's Gospel, chapter 20, we find out about the first witness of the resurrection. Her name was Mary Magdalene. And it says that early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and she saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. We're talking about this huge stone. If you can imagine like the size of the cave behind me, this is a burial cave, the kind of thing that, would, that they would have put it across. And uh, I've actually been, if you've been to the garden tomb in Jerusalem, you can see an example of something this size. And it would have had this enormous like millstone that would have been placed across. And also they would have put the Roman seal, the Roman guards were there to make sure that nobody could steal the body. So she was not expecting to find no body. You know, she went and she thought that she would find somebody, the body of Jesus. But when she got there, there was no body and no body there. So she came running to, uh, she saw the stone had been removed. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, that's John who's writing this, and said, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they've put him. We don't know where they were, don't know where Simon and, and, and John were, but somehow she knows, finds them and says, Come and look, come and look. You won't believe what's happened. Uh, the, you know, the stone's been rolled away. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb, both running. But John outrun Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over. Just imagine this, the first time it was happening. He, he just, he's got no concept of what could have happened. He looked in and saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself separate from the linen. Some people have said that the way in which this was folded was the kind of thing that a carpenter would do. When a carpenter had finished his work, he would take the, the, like the sweat band that he'd been using and the cloth that he'd been using, and he would fold it up and leave it as a sign to say, job finished, job done. Finally, the other disciple who'd reached the tomb first also went inside. So, so John goes inside too. He saw and believed. Now, we don't know, we know he saw and we know that he believed, but we don't know what he believed about what he saw. He saw and believed that the, the tomb was empty, that Jesus' body was not there. That was it. And it says they still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. This book I'm holding it is my most precious possession on this earth, I think, in terms of material possessions. It's the Bible that Zoe gave me. Wow. 
all those years ago when I was trying to figure out life and, and what was important and, and I've met Zoe and she was a Christian, I could see there was something different about her. And so she wrote in this Bible, this is the one, Anthony, love and God bless from Zoe, Mark 8 v 34. And, and I thought I was a Christian. I thought I knew what Christians were about and what they believed. I thought I was a, a good person, basically. I didn't understand that what I needed to do was to meet and know Jesus Christ. I didn't really know that the stories that he told weren't just examples of, of, of good things that we should try and live by and that his death on the cross wasn't just an example of, of what happens when good people get hurt by bad people. I'd seen that happen in the police, but I never knew that I could meet him. I never knew that he was real. I never knew that he was the son of God. See, I kind of believed some things, but I didn't understand, even until I started to read the scriptures. And it's when I read the scriptures and read about Jesus' life and, and, and who he is and, and what he was, it started to come alive. And then I met him and, and he came alive really in my life and I met with him and I, and I still meet with him as he meets us by his spirit, not just on Easter day, but every single day of our lives. But the first physical meeting, the first resurrection meeting was described like this. Then the disciples went back to their homes. Bye bye Peter, bye bye John. But Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. Imagine this again, she's standing there by the tomb entrance and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been. Suddenly these messengers have, have appeared and they're there as well, and one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? And you know, there's been all kinds of sad things that have happened in your life and in mine and difficult things for us to understand and make sense of. And it's hard for us to make sense of those things on our own. That's why we need God. That's why we need Jesus to help us when things make no sense. They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put, it, put him. She keeps saying they. I don't think she knows. If you'd have said who's they, she'd say, I don't know who they is. I just know somebody has taken Jesus away. The one who I met, the one who changed my life, the one who split my life into BC and the mess that I was in before. And then, and, and I, I was, I, had, I, had, I was like oppressed. I was demonically uh, controlled in all kinds of ways, doing things that I hated. And then Jesus came and with a word, he set me free. JC, I met Jesus Christ and he changed everything. And now she's living AD. She's living this new life, this different life where she believed that he was the Messiah, that he was the chosen one, he was the special one. But then she saw him die on a cross. No wonder she's crying. She didn't expect to meet him alive again. She'd seen how he'd been brutalized, how he'd been hurt, how he'd been nailed to the cross, how his blood had been poured out. And she saw his last breath being given away. And, and as he said, it is finished on the cross. So she's trying to figure all this out and she's weeping about it. And, and they ask, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she said and I don't know where they've put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't realize it was Jesus. Again, there's this moment of, of really not understanding what's going on and why it is. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Again, in your life, can I ask you the question, what are you looking for? Not just the, this Easter time, but, but in life, how are you making sense of the things that are happening to you? Can you make sense of them without coming to the God who made you and knows you and loves you and cares about you. I really don't think you can. You can keep on searching. You can keep on looking into all kinds of things, but until you meet Jesus and know who he is, it's not gonna make sense. 
Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I'll get him. I could just imagine Mary all these years later on afterwards, meeting people and telling this story about what happened when she met Jesus and the difference it made in her life. And then she's going to laugh and she's going to say, you know what? I didn't even recognise him. Maybe it was because it was dark or because or the last time I saw him, he'd been so battered and bruised and look, just looked so different. But there he was looking perfect. There he was looking looking whole and new and so alive and like the most alive person I'd ever seen. And, and yet I just thought he was the gardener. I thought it was some guy who worked there. Sir, if you carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I'll get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. And that one word, him calling her by name, was what took the blinds off. It enabled her to be able to see. That's what you call revelation. When, you, when something was there all the time and you couldn't see it, and then the veil gets taken away, and then you can see it. And it was, it was when her name was called, and it became personal to her, you see. This is what happens. This isn't just about knowing some things about God, knowing some things about Christianity, knowing some things about Easter. This is knowing that God knows your name. Do you know God knows your name? That God knows your pains and he knows the stains of the past and he knows about the chains and the things that might hold you back. He knows all of those things, but he calls you by name. Happened to me not long after I started to read this book for myself. Within a very short space of time, a few weeks and months of looking into the truth of these stories and finding them out and looking at the evidence for myself, I had this meeting where it became very personal for me and everything changed. She turned to him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabunai, which means teacher. Jesus said, don't hold on to me for I've not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I'm returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And again, for me, a lot of the time, I might have just thought Jesus was teacher. Maybe you think of Jesus as being somebody who's a good teacher. You can learn how to live a moral life from. You can say, oh, I'll try and live my best Sermon on the Mount kind of a life or whatever it is. It's not enough. You need to know he's the son of God. You need to know that he came to wash your sins away and to die in your place for your sins because nobody else could do it and it needed to happen so you could be free. You need to know he's not just a teacher, he's Lord. And also, when you come to him, you find he said, I am the way and the truth and the life and nobody comes to the Father but by me. Jesus doesn't just say even come to me. He says, I want you to come and meet your dad. I want you to come and meet your father. My father is your father. Whatever your earthly father's been like, whether he's been wonderful, whether he was indifferent, whether he was apathetic, whether he was present or absent, you now have access through Jesus Christ to a perfect heavenly father. My father and your father, my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them, that he'd said these things to her. And that story has been passed down from generation to generation in this book. And it's still good news. It's still the good news of Easter. Do you understand it? Have you grasped it? Have you said yes to it? See, if you call on the name of Jesus like she did, everything changes when we do that. The Bible says whenever any, any one of us comes to him and, and calls upon him and calls him by name, anybody who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So why don't you take a moment now and just pray with me and say, yes, Jesus, thank you that you know my name. Thank you that I can understand that 2,000 years ago you died 
for my sins, but now you are alive. So I can live forever with you, that you are the resurrection and the life. I no longer have to fear death because you have conquered it on Easter day. This is of most greatest importance. It's the best news ever. It's the news that tops all the other news. And it's the, thing that's, the only thing that's gonna make a difference forever and ever. So I come to you now, I say, Lord, take away the wrong things I've done in the past. I'm sorry for my sins. I confess them to you and I ask that you would wash them away. And now I put my trust in you and I ask that you would fill me with the power of that resurrection power that raised you from the dead, that that will be at work in my body throughout the rest of my life as I serve you and forever as I'm with you. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org media.